you know, you hear somebody's name in our business, and if you know them by reputation, you're always interested in them. You know you are. Uh, how did they do that? What makes them so successful? How could I emulate part or maybe many of the things that they do to help my own career? Mm. Today is certainly one of those individuals, and we're going to get closer, you and me, together in just a few minutes. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and it will be available uh I always like to say about an hour after the broadcast, but honest to goodness, Joe is so good at this. He usually gets it done even faster. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We do have great guests, guests and insight every single week that can help you grow, learn and meet the challenges of your radio career in the 21st century. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is on both Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast, really. By the way, next Monday, you can join us for a visit with Mark Harrell. Now, he is the market manager, general manager. You call him whatever you want. He's the king. He's the guy at the top at Steel City media in Kansas City. He's going to tell us all about well, what that is like for him and what Kansas City Radio is all about today. Today, we are very fortunate to spend some time with program director of WRMF, uh, Hubbard Broadcasting, Randy West, but she adds up to so many more things. I'm not kidding you. We will enjoy getting to know Randy in just a few minutes. See our guest calendar that goes all the way into November at this point, and maybe we're starting to do December. I can't remember, but we do have them all listed out for you. You can find that in the free blog section at Rainmaker Path way.com. That's also where you're going to find encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series, and even more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in the radio business today. This is just a great thing for you to know about. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do. Go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. My name is Lloyd Ford. I help local radio owners, personalities, and broadcast companies with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Have you heard about Music Drift and our Music Lab or our morning show Fame Development Coaching? RPC, Rainmaker Pathway Consulting, is a branding company. You know, in the future, commodity or transactional radio stations will die. This is true. But true radio brands will grow revenue. We help local broadcasters grow strength of brands, and we help them capture more revenue. Our work covers strategy, execution, bringing force of creativity and ideas that move the revenue needle, and more. Reach out anytime, FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. Find out how affordable our help can be for your team. Don't wait to see what makes us so different from consultants of the past. You can join us for our free virtual 
quarterly radio sales seminars. The one coming up on September 29th is our Q4 event. It's called Selling Radio on Main Street. Our special roundtable of guests for this will include senior marketing executives, Charlene Swenson from Cumulus Media in Dallas, Jim Fairs from Odyssey in Greensboro, North Carolina. Of course, my co-host will be Alec Drake from Drake Media Group in Dallas. And you won't want to miss a minute of the on-the-ground expert advice. These are people that are working right now today in these markets to help you boost your fourth quarter revenue in this event. Subscribe to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. You'll get this episode for free on the evening of September 29th. You don't even have to do anything, right? Boom, just right there on your phone. Today's special episode is all about an experienced program director with a demonstrated history of working in broadcast media. Listen to this, strong business development and professionally skilled at Pro Tools, Adobe Audition, mass production, uh, audio editing and audio post-production. And get this, host of the Sandals podcast. That's right. She knows a few things about taking a really great exotic vacation. Randy West has been named one of Radio Inc.'s best programmers in both 2020 and 2021. And you'll agree after spending a little time with her that uh, you and I will understand why. Randy, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. We're so excited. Uh, Listen, first, I was shocked to learn this first thing. So I'm just going to put this out there early. I ask that you don't judge me. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Abraham Lincoln fan. And I'm going to guess that you know a thing or two about Abraham Lincoln, since you actually went to the University of Illinois in Springfield, which this question is a lot about Springfield, I guess. (laughs) Have you you been over to the house? And I mean, of course, Mr. Lincoln's house. I haven't been to the Lincoln home in many, many years, but I have been several times. I wish I knew. I probably shouldn't. I feel like this is a pop quiz right now. I feel like I should know more about Abraham Lincoln being from the land of Lincoln, but um, I'm very familiar with all the Lincoln sites having grown up there, but obviously moved away um, more than 30 plus years ago now. So I probably don't know as much as I should, but there's a beautiful presidential library now that's in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, and, yes. uh, there's all kinds of great Lincoln sites, and I highly encourage anyone who is interested in Abraham Lincoln to go and visit Springfield, Illinois. It's a great place. And so do I. I used to. I, well, in fact, I don't used to. I tell people this all the time if they'll listen to me. In 1998, I knew the 23 things that everybody knows about Lincoln, but now I have bookcases full of books about Lincoln. So. The Lincoln tomb is another one, you know, you, you rub Lincoln's oh, yeah. nose for, for good luck. And I think when I did that as a child on one of my field trips, it was like a, a terrible day of luck. So I think I jinxed the Lincoln tomb, uh, good, good luck nose rubbing. But uh, if you ever go to the Lincoln tomb, look for that, uh, the Lincoln statue, you're supposed to rub his nose. But well, I'm, not sure that, I'm not sure it works. Let's put it that way. Well, let me say this. I've been to all these places you're talking about because I'm a goober for Mr. Lincoln. And I do know that you cannot miss that statue uh, and that the nose has been polished by all these people <laughs> that that rub the nose. People really do that. Yep. So 
Well, look, let's get back to this. What was the University of Illinois like back then? And and what did you study there? Well, initially, so to kind of back up, I actually went to um, Lincoln Land Community College, which was a community college locally, um, just down the road, actually, from the University of Illinois mm-hmm. Springfield. Because uh, my mom was a, 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 a teacher there, a professor. So I got to go oh, to wow. the junior university for two years for free, which is a great thing. And Mark. so I took advantage of that and then took classes at the University of Illinois uh, at Springfield. But then ultimately, I moved to Champaign-Urbana uh, and took some classes at the University of Illinois in Champaign. And that is where I, um, I worked for Saga, which I'm sure we're going to talk about today. But oh, yeah. Um, I, I initially thought so interesting about my studies there. I thought I wanted to be a divorce attorney for a long time. Oh, my. And so uh, but that changed quite quickly. And so I decided that I wanted to be a business major with a minor in journalism. So I wrote for our college newspaper for my community college and took some journalism classes. And but ultimately went on to uh, to get a full time job in, in in radio. So. All right. So that brings me to this radio thing. Right. When did radio officially enter your life? How did that happen to you? Well, it kind of happened before college. That's why I said, well, we got to gotta go back a little bit. So when I was 16 years old, I actually got an internship. When I was in high school, I actually went to a vocational school uh, mm-hmm. in Springfield, Illinois, which uh, a lot of my high school advisors uh, encouraged me to not do that, which, by the way, was the best thing I ever did, uh, because a lot of the vocational kids don't go on to college. And right. so I, I ended up taking a radio, cinematography, television, um, and photography course at a vocational school, which ultimately led to an internship. And that internship was with Saga. And it was, I was 16 and I actually went in and, and helped out the program director and uh, ultimately got an internship there and then ultimately turned into a job. So uh, when I was 16, 17, I worked all through high school um, at the radio station and uh, quite quickly started doing overnights. In fact, my senior prom, I went to the prom and did overnights that night uh, of my prom, of my my senior high school prom. So, well, and what was it like being a personality? The first incarnation of that for you, which obviously was with Saga. Yeah. Yeah. So Saga Communications, look, look, I just think the world of that company and we just lost the great Ed Christian, who is an amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing person. Steve Goldstein, who was their group programmer for a number of years. They they really took a chance on a 16 year old. I mean, I was an intern and then ultimately got hired um, early on. A couple of program directors, uh, Brian Jeffries was one. Craig Stevens was another. They are really the people who showed me the ropes of the business, as well as the personalities there. Several of the personalities, many of the personalities there, actually, I still stay in touch with, if, if nothing else, but Facebook. Um, but we're a very tight group of people, but it was just a special time. And I was a kid and they were showing me what they did. And I just wanted to be around them and be in the studio with them whenever I could and soak up the information and, and the things that they taught me. It was just truly invaluable at the time. I mean, it, who, who could have known that I was going to go on to um, have a full-time career in, 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 in radio at that point? Well, and the thing is, Back then, true for you, like for me, like for other people, you don't know that you're going to stick with it and you're going to become this big program director or whatever it is. You don't know that back then. No, no, absolutely not. I didn't know that. In fact, uh, it was a rock station that I worked for. Um, Shout out to WYMG. My YMG people are listening to this. Um, It was just a tremendous opportunity that I didn't take for granted at the time. I knew how special it was. Even though I was so young, I knew that 
what they were doing there was special. And I would always hold those memories so close uh, because it just truly was a special time with special people. You did something interesting there just a minute ago. You talked about Saga and you said it, it, it was a special time. It had a special feeling to it. All of us connected. You also worked for J-Corps. What was that like for you? That also was a very special time. <laughs> well, look, no, people talk about this with J-Corps. You get one of two things. Either you get how Randy Randy was yes. or or you get you you can definitely tell that people are really connected with that j core background yeah look the noise you can't ignore that was the j core mo moniker at the time i'll tell you i respect randy michaels so much i think he's brilliant uh, i loved my time working for j core um it, it again another special time uh, but when they called me for that job to work for j core um, I got a call on the hotline, actually. It was when I was in Champaign, Illinois. And the gentleman who called me is by the name of Mike Wheeler. And he called me and said, hey, I'm in town and I heard you on the air and I'd like to know if you'd like to send me a tape. And I literally didn't believe him. I think, in fact, at one point I hung up on him and I think I made him call me back <laughs> because I didn't believe who he was. And right. at the time, he um, we later had a conversation. I sent him the tape and I realized he was the real deal because I, you know, he said he was in Decatur, Illinois. I'm like, who vacations in Decatur, Illinois? Like, what are you doing? And um, so it just became a great opportunity. But look, after I um, took that job with Mike Wheeler, I ultimately went on to live in Cincinnati and to have that experience to be so close to Randy Michaels and learn from them and that group of programmers and, and talent at the time. That was a time that it probably will never, ever be recreated. Um, it just was, it, it was, there were no rules at that point. You, we, we did things, we, um, the, the promos, the imaging, everything that we did back in that time was uh, just at another level that uh, probably you couldn't do today just for the sake of HR. Oh, HR, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm familiar HR. with him. Well, let me say this about Randy Michaels. Uh, I've had some interaction with him at different points. Um, and and have read other experiences. And I think he's the kind of guy that likes for you to focus on the crazy stuff, but he's busy doing yes. real work. Yes, absolutely. In other words, it's not just bravado with him. He is very smart. And a lot of people don't know this about iHeart, but the reason that iHeart today has so many great signals has a lot to do with Randy Michaels when he was the COO of that company because he has a lightning quick understanding and memory of signals, <laughs> where the great signals are. You, are you, you, prob you probably know this, right? Well, look, when I was in Toledo, when I took that job with Mike Wheeler, Randy Michaels called me on the hotline when I was on the air in Toledo, Ohio. And I again, I have a pattern of not believing people, but I didn't believe it was him on the hotline. And he, now, he did said, you hang up on him? I, I, need to know I don't that. think I hung up on him, but I did question <laughs> the whole thing. I think I called my PD at the time afterwards and said, I think Randy Michaels just called me on the hotline. But to your point, Randy is an incredibly smart uh, individual. And my understanding was, well, he was traveling like he would travel around. He knew all the signals. He was, he was listening to the yes. radio stations. 
And he would he knew the tower height of each tower and just the kind of he was a savant and is a savant. I think you and I would agree that there's something wrong with certain people. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Randy's uh, uh, cross to bear, if you will. So listen, back then, during your time with Saga and J Core, two special experiences for you. Did you know you wanted to program and how did programming develop upon you? No, I did not know I wanted to program. I was a personality for a very, very long period of time. In fact, back in the in the JCore days, when um, there's always a, a, a yeah, I'll tell you a quick great story. And it was um, I was in Cincinnati at the time, and I was still doing Toledo. So at that point, we were you know kind of getting the importation and exportation of of a lot of what you know is voice tracking today in place. Right. And at that point, I was doing six shows from an office. I literally, it wasn't even in a studio, it was in my office. And the PD at the time had come in and he said, Randy Michaels is coming in today and there's some people, he wants you to show him what you're doing. And so, and so I said, okay. And, and so of course you're always very focused when Randy's there and Randy comes in and he had these very nice gentlemen with them and, and I was explaining to them what I was doing. And I, at that point, like I said, I was doing sh six shows around the country and at some point in the conversation, um, Randy said, I'm, I'm so sorry, I haven't properly introduced you. This is Lowry, Mark and Randall Mays. Well, I'm right. I'm a young person. I I, I was naive and I, I knew who they were, but I didn't really know who they were. And that was obviously around the time that uh, J-Corps became Clear Channel. So um, I started as a as a personality back to the programming question. But at that point, I kind of knew that I was getting so much information and doing so many shows around the country that I was mm. learning a lot and absorbing a lot about the programming nuances of these different markets, these different formats. I was really trying to understand, you know, how things really work. And I think it was, I think the programming piece developed for me by just knowing that I had to grow into a different role for myself. I, I still love being on the air, still on the air today. Uh, but I knew that I had to, um, I had to do something else. So in fact, when I, when I moved, when I left Cincinnati, then I went on to Raleigh, North Carolina. Ah, don't get ahead of me. <laughs> well, that was when I knew I didn't go there as a program director. I went there as the APD and then, uh -huh. and, and they wanted me to take the program director job. And I told them, no. Well, of course <laughs> you did. <laughs> and then ultimately I hang up on people, you know, yeah. I tell people, no, it's weird. So but I just want, I just want to follow the success pattern here, just for those people who have just tuned in or maybe had zoned out for a second. What Randy is recommending is that, you know, it's kind of like the old uh, Kenny Rogers song, when to hold them, when to fold them. <laughs> you got to know when to hang up on people. Exactly. You got to know when to say no, right? Well, I think things fall into place for a reason. Um, ah. and, so, and so when I so when they I said no to that job, they later came back to me and said, well, are you sure? And then it was the morning guy, actually, who called me and he said, hey, I'd really like for you to be our program director. So he kind of talked me into it, to be honest. And oh. so my, my mantra at that point when I got into programming was you don't work for me, you work with me. That's right. Um, and so having been a personality for a long time, I had dealt with a lot of different kinds of program directors. And I definitely knew the kind of program director I wanted to be based on how I was as a talent and how I needed to be managed. And I also learned a lot about the kind of program director I didn't want to be. 
Right. And so that kind of molded me and said, okay, well, I think I can do this. If you need someone to take the fall, if bad things happen, I'll be the program director. But what I really wanted to do was build a team and a culture of personalities. And that's what we did when I when I took that job. And now, see, that's really interesting to me because the thing that I've learned over time is that when you get in managerial roles, you're really the servant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, there. I'm serving my people. That's 100% yes. correct. Yes. All right. So look, if you go back and you watch how your career evolved, yes, it is true. You see this transition eventually to program director in Raleigh Durham with the old Clear Channel, then iHeart moves you to Tampa. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, is that when you found out that you're really a Florida girl? Yeah, I think so. You know, I've always wanted to live in Florida. I think everyone kind of dreams of living in Florida, but yeah, I don't even know if I'm still a Florida girl. I think I'll probably always be a Midwestern person through and through. And I loved my time in Raleigh, Durham. Shout out to all the Raleigh, Durham people. I love that city. I love that mm. market. I love that radio station and still do to this day and haven't programmed it for years. But um, I love Florida. I loved my time uh, and I loved the opportunity I had in Tampa. I can tell that you have this passion that bubbles underneath every sentence you say. Is that fair? It, it is. But, you know, I'll tell you, it's I think that passion comes from just wanting to be a part of something special. You know, I, yes. I, I think that doing doing your job is one thing. And, you know, we hear a lot right now about quiet quitting and mm. you know, there's all these terms that are out there right now, but I think that you don't really work if you love what you do and you have a passion for it. And, you know, we talked earlier a little bit about Randy Michaels and we said that, you know, he's kind of a savant about tower heights and, and he's a radio geek. And I think if you're, yeah, a radio, if, if you're a radio geek and look, I'm a self-proclaimed radio geek. I, I want to know everything that I possibly can. Some people see that as working all the time. I see that as being, truly engaged in what I do and knowing that I'm not going to stop until I achieve what I'd like to achieve. Don't you just sometimes always want to go, Hey, look, uh, I ain't like nobody else. This is <laughs> this <laughs> the real thing right here. You're getting, you know? Yeah, so I, listen, I, you, you, you talked about not having a job. You did serious time in Tampa. Yeah. How did you like that market? Tampa is a very competitive market. Loved my time in, in, in Tampa. Um, worked at a great, great, a couple of great radio stations, great cluster. Um, got nominated for a Marconi while I was there, which I was really, really proud of. Um, Huge. And we're nominated this year. So I feel like maybe hopefully that uh, we can get a, get a kiss this year. You know, again, those are accolades, but I do think that when you can be um, in an environment such as Tampa, you know, again, that's a very, unique situation, um, a lot of big heritage brands. Um, the market is, like I said, so compressed and so many people have come through that building in Tampa that mm. it was just a special time. And look, I had my time there as personality. I had my time there in management. So I got to be the mentor and the mentee. So that was kind of a unique experience. And then you think about all the crazy things that happen in Tampa. Um, there's, you know, format flips and signal changes. And, you know, anytime you're in a big market like that, it's always like, what's coming next? And there was, a, I think, a definitely a lot of that while I was in Tampa. It kind of keeps you on your toes, right? It does. But look, Tampa as a city is a beautiful city. I love it there. My home is still there. I still have a home in, in, in Tampa. So oh. I consider myself a Tampa girl. And um, I just, uh, I, I think the world of it. Just let those upper people know, hey. 
you know. Yeah, buy, <laughs> buy some stuff in Tampa. No, I'm just <laughs> Right, right, right. So, so listen, you know what they say about uh, being nominated for that Marconi, you know, when you, you first get nominated the first time, it's a huge deal, right? Yeah. When you get nominated the second time, it's, it's still huge. <laughs> it is. It it's is. huge. It is. So, look, I, I know you've heard this said before. Radio is a boys club. You've heard that. I have. I know that you may not even have this perspective. So forgive me for throwing it out here like this. But what is it like being one of the exceptional programmers in our business and showing the men how to do it? Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I, I do think that I'm, I'm thrilled that radio has become a more inclusive um, industry. I do think that as women in the business, we're making strides on what women used to be in the business. Um, mm. I see a lot more female program directors and I'm thrilled about that, but you know, I'm a big fan of the right person for the right job, male, female, or otherwise. That's right. Um, and look, I think being an exceptional program director in our business and showing, I'm not sure I'm showing men how to do it, but I think I do have a unique perspective. I well, think, I, I, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. And well, like well, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. There's a whole bestseller uh, books about this. It's that women just think differently about things. And so I think that that is, that is my unique perspective in programming these radio stations. Many of the stations I programmed are female targeted. And yes. I think it's it's difficult sometimes for men um, to understand what it's like to be a woman and the challenges that we face. No, no, it's a hundred percent difficult yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's one hundred percent. I, I just think that, like, look, a lot of what we say about radio programming is about life programming. Um, right. I don't like to put radio in the same group because what you're really doing is you're you're programming an experience for your listeners. It's not just about radio. It's about what you're getting when you come to a, a product. And yeah. And, and what and you I, feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's very emotional. And look, uh, music is so emotional and content is emotional for 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 people. So I think that when I talk to a lot of men and I do have a lot of men in, in this business and in the boys club, and it is kind of still a boys club to some degree. Um, mm -hmm. I always ask, I, I always like to ask the question about their wives. And it's interesting to know whether these men know the answers about their wives or not. And that tells me they haven't done the research to know if they in fact are targeting a female, if they're a female targeted station, if they're really doing a disservice to the women that they're programming to, if you don't know your own spouse well enough to know what their preferences would be, do you really know what that woman in that car having whatever emotion she's having that day, what she needs? You're scaring all the men now. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I think there's a lot of men, there's a lot of smart program, men program directors out there, and they do know their wives very well. And they do have female friends, or maybe if they're not married, they have women that they go, hey, okay. But I also think there was a period of time where they thought that women went home and like they, you know, like we didn't, we didn't swear and we didn't do all these other things. And mm. I, I think there were some misperceptions about who women are and what we want and what we'll tolerate. Um, I think particularly in the AC arena, you know, that it yes. was always very conservative and we can't do this. And this is because your kids are in the car and, and I have, and I don't have children, but I will say that many of my friends who do have children are, they swear more than me. And I'm like, well, these, right. are, these, these are the people that you're worried about. And these are the people that are, they, they live a very different lifestyle than what I think. Um, and that's what I think we've seen over the past 10 years. I think we've seen a real 
shift in in the contemporary feel of what um, AC radio is or what the AC experience is. Well, and I'll go back further than that because I do think uh, we have seen a lot of shifting in the country. I I call it Mama's changed, yeah. and and the truth is that Mama may not have been who we traditionally thought she was. So that's an interesting idea. And this concept of getting as close as you can get to your listener or your target listener, you say it any way you want to. Our job, at, I say this all the time because it's one of my favorite people. Ray Charles used to say the people are never wrong. They're never wrong. That's and correct. So if you're in the consumer business, you better get with the consumer and you better get with them and stay with them. So listen, what do you think you've learned venturing into programming and and growing in that area of the business? Because I can hear your growth across this this period of time that we've already discussed now. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a real stair step process for me. Um I think that, look, what I've learned is that I was really happy that I had the time in the studio to be a personality because I do think it gives me a unique perspective. Still being on the air at this point gives me a unique perspective. But I mean, I've learned so much about um, people, you know, and about how how you want to build your teams and culture and uh, being inclusive and recruitment and like things that I never really thought that I would ever be interested in. I always thought I wanted to be um, the person in front of the camera or behind the mic. And now I I'd rather be behind the scenes coaching people on how to do the things that, that I learned from other people doing. And so I do think that, you know, growing in this business, it's really, really important for you to evolve as a talent and as a program director. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, listen, that growth and development that you're talking about is important for program directors, for on-air talent, for people in promotion, for market managers, for sales managers, for radio sellers. You know, if you're not, what is it they say? If you're not growing, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're dead. Yeah, Who exactly. Wants- well, and, and taking chances. I think a lot of times, look, there's probably lots of talent program directors, other people that are listening to this and they're saying, well, I feel like I've been here a really long time or I've been doing this a really long time and I don't think I can really do anything else. And I think that now is the time to take chances and do different things and think about things in a different way. And I know we say that all the time, but I don't see as many people acting on it and taking the That's chance. Right. Instead, they're getting too, they're getting more conservative. And I'm like, no, no, no. Now's the time to do the things that we've always said that we wanted to do. Um, because if you don't take chances, you're not going to succeed. And you're not going to grow. Yep. And you're you're going to break the thing is what you're going to do. Because consumers all the time, you know, I had somebody once, somebody very wise say this to me in another way, but basically consumers are getting more and more choices. And when they get more choices, they don't go, oh, that sucks. No, they don't. They go, oh my God, more for me. Yeah, That's I, exactly what they do. It, it, it's it's just so, so true that, you know, there's just so much to be learned about um, just being different and thinking different and, yes. and taking chances. Yes. Listen, one of the things that I loved about your LinkedIn profile, ding, ding, everybody go check it out. Uh, (laughs) You used a couple of really simple words that I thought were interesting. Mm 
And this is has to do with you and your skills. Uh, you use the word strong business development. Don't you think it's overlooked that great programmers and on-air talent in our business create the business opportunities that companies can leverage for high value? Look, I think we're getting better at it, but I do think it's one of the things I really pride myself about my career is that I've been um, to the forefront about knowing that, look, as program directors, we always want to protect the product. But strong business development is that relationship you have with those customers. And I'll give you a lot of you know examples, but in the endorsement realm, it, it's, it's just about understanding that you have a relationship with those clients. And, and I, and I, I mean, I do think it is overlooked in some, in some cases, not always, but I just think there's so much more opportunity that people could be using for that strong business development piece that we're not doing in radio that we could be capitalizing on. A lot of that is in endorsements, but I think even beyond endorsements, which that's kind of the low hanging fruit is that you know business development is about different revenue streams and yes i mean there pick a category i could probably talk about this for 30 minutes and you'll be like lloyd uh, <laughs> this podcast is too long we you know but it, it's it's something i feel very strongly about and you have to have those those business relationships and strong business development um, because you always have to constantly be growing your business well, what we do is a business and not only that even the strong business development is with our listeners it's not just right. about those customers. It's about the listeners, too. And so, you know, well, people people really get confused. This happens in all different kinds of businesses. They get confused between the customer and the consumer correct. and what those relationships are. And you really if you want to be great. OK, it's if you want to be in the middle of the pack with everybody else. Fine. You're OK. But if you want to be elite, if you want to grow to the level where you really get noticed, you will understand what makes those two relationships different and 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 you will understand how to help your team maximize both right absolutely and and those are the program directors that really um, excel at their jobs that's right and and i will say this too talent the same it's not just our relationship with clients. It's our relationship with the audience that's important. It's what we're selling. Correct. Now, you got a great market manager. As a matter of fact, we interviewed her. She is. Great. And uh, what makes her really unique? Because she does seem to be very focused on her people, very focused on making sure that product is excellent, That uh, service is excellent and that you stand out as a team, I think, and as individuals. We're talking about Elizabeth Hama, by the way, for those of you. Yes, we are. But, um, Elizabeth is, she's unique. And I knew that she was unique the first second that I met her. Um, Elizabeth has a fire in her and it's something that I really appreciate. It's, it's not something, you know, when you come and you talk to people about a different job, which was what I was doing at the time when I first met Elizabeth, but you get a sense about someone and about, um, who they are and where they're going and what they want to achieve. And Elizabeth has really high expectations. And that's something that I respond to really, really well. Like she, she, she pushes her people and she, she commands excellence, but she's not going to sacrifice um, culture for it. And, 
you know, the, the core values she's put in place here with integrity, inclusive and innovation is, you know, is one of the things that Elizabeth has really um, just excelled at. I, I think that she's an amazing mark. I've worked for a lot of amazing market presidents and I would put Elizabeth um, right up there. It's really interesting uh, that you used innovation as a term, too. I just wrote something um, that's going to be on our blog. It comes out later. I always write ahead on innovation and what's happening in our business or not happening and how to encourage that. Innovation is a very, very important it factor if we're designed to have a great future. Would you agree? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's innovation is where it is at right now. That has been the buzzword of the past probably 18 months. Right. Maybe so longer. Let's talk about another buzzword for us here on the encouragers, uh, the radio rally podcast. Do you have a mentor in this business? Uh, somebody that you can depend on to bounce ideas off of or help you stay balanced. Do you, you have an individual like that? Well, I have a whole ensemble cast of people that I <laughs> that I talk really? to. Really? Yeah, I do actually. I look. There's a lot of people I, I mentioned earlier. At one point, I was on 18 stations, and I had a lot Ooh. of a lot of different program directors with a lot of different styles. And some of those folks I still stay in touch with. It, uh, you know, and I they are my my mentor or mentees. But I'll tell you, I've been really big right now on reverse mentorship. And part of that is I feel like I'm constantly going to other radio people or if you have that person who knows our business. But I'll tell you, I just had two interns over the summer, a 19 and a 20 year old, one from Penn State, one from Florida, uh, Florida State. And I found them both to be incredible. Uh, they, they, gave, they gave me incredible insight. They taught me a lot about uh, the world and about what consumers want right now and especially what younger consumers want. And so I right. found they were mentoring me, not me mentoring them, if that makes sense. It does. And don't you think when you're working with people who are younger, that reciprocal learning process does take place? It really does. I mean, look, I it's, it's JD and Juliana. I'm going to give them a shout out. They were my two interns over the summer. But I look, there's a lot of people that I... Um, that I bounce ideas off of a lot of non-radio people. I think that's really important too. So we yes. often go to our own radio people and people that are in our business and know our business, but I think it's really important. A lot of my friends and family, they don't know the business like us. So they give us unique consumer perspective that maybe we're not thinking of because we're too close to it. That's right. Uh, and it's hard to get that, you know, whenever I have a client that goes, I'm really thinking like a listener here. I'm like, really? You know how hard it is for one of us to get to that perspective? Incredibly difficult. But I think when I have these conversations with my friends and family, I don't ask them like, well, hey, what do you think about this? I just bring it up in conversation. And it's interesting right. to hear how they regurgitate things. So I think having a mentor in this business or being a mentee is really, really important. But I encourage everyone to pay it forward by um, helping bring some younger people into our business because we just don't have a very good bench. And I think that um, we can do a lot for recruitment by mentoring uh, younger college students. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I did over the summer and Hubbard has been incredibly supportive about um, having the, you know, the resources and the tools for these, uh, these kids to get college credit and get paid. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. Well, forgive me, but uh, I always say, look, I sometimes worry that 
that younger people are not getting to experience radio the way, let's say, you and I may have. OK, and the reason for that is not because there aren't jobs for them that, you know, that they can come up through. The reason is that radio is not throwing that experience on the audience the way it might have back in what you called your j days. Right. Right. They're not getting the attention that radio should, in my opinion, have. That's not I, happening. All this conservativeness that you talked about is yeah. going even more conservative in some ways. That's not helpful. I, I couldn't no. agree more. And look, these these girls, the, the two girls I just spoke about that were my interns over the summer are our interns um, for all of Hubbard. I put them on the air day one. Oh, did you? I did. I put them on the air on our, our HD station day one. And it's something that I've done throughout my career. And I do that because someone did that for me. The, during, right. my, during my internships, the very first day I was there, they put me on the air. And hmm. they, tra- they tried to scare me out of it. And I'll tell you that it changed their perspective immediately. But the thing that I do is I put them on the air the first day because then they, they continue to learn and they're coached and they, they go through the process. And so then I have their air check from day one and their air check from the very last day of their internship. And they hear the difference. And oh, they, wow. And they understand what they have, how they've grown and what they've learned. And I think it's a really valuable experience that, you, you have to do, you have to take chances. And look, I think that they were, for being on the air and putting them on the air the very first day, they were tremendous. Both of them are tremendous talents and I'm probably going to be working for them someday. This is so interesting. We're talking with Randy West. She is in West Palm Beach and she is talking about her path in the radio business, the things that she's passionate about, the things that she believes, the things that she is actively doing in all different parts of her daily job. Listen, Randy, it's very clear that you're good at building relationships for somebody who stumbles upon this podcast or wants to listen to this episode, they get to this part of the episode and they go, I, I want to be like Randy, right. With relationships. What do you recommend that they do when it comes to building relationships today? Well, look, I think it's just reaching out to people. Uh, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, go to some of the conventions. I just got back from morning show boot camp in Chicago. I met a lot of really new people, um, people that I'd known, but hadn't really spent a lot of time with. And that's a great way to network with people. But look, mm-hmm. anybody listening right now that wants to get to know me, you can send me an email. I'm happy to give my email out um, and you can email me and I know that all of our time is really challenging, but I always try to stay in touch with everyone. Even if it's on Facebook, if you want to follow me on Facebook, then look me up and I'll happily accept the friend request and we can stay in touch. People send me tapes all the time, but I tell people you really have to, you have to network with people. You have to get to know people. It's one of the things I ask in a lot of our recruitment right now is who, who do you talk to? Who, who are your mentors? Who do you listen to? Um, you know, like what makes you mad? What makes you happy? I mean, you're really trying to understand uh, people because that's where it right. starts. It starts about you can't be a content creator until you understand what kind of person they are. Um, but right. I would tell anybody listening, you have to really maintain relationships. And I have really true friendships in all the markets I've been in. And there are people I've never met before that I have relationships with. I just want to point out that everything that she just said is also applicable if you are a salesperson. True. True. I mean, it is relationships are if you don't understand somebody you are in front of whose fault is that you got to get to know them. 
It's I have a key. lot of salespeople that are my friends on Facebook, by the way. Shout out to all my sales. I love the sales team, by the way. And I have a lot of salespeople that I still stay in touch with to this day because I respect what they do greatly. It's not something I, I, I could do, but I have a, a very much a mutual respect for what they they contribute. All right. So, Randy, look, you've seen radio change a lot in your career. And how do you think that we all best ride the ever-changing waves of radio today? How do we how do we navigate this? Wow, hold on tight. Woo, here we go. Mm. Uh, that's probably the advice I would give. I would say, hey, listen, it is ever-changing and you have to constantly evolve and you have to constantly be thinking about what's the next thing? What's the next big thing? How are we going to innovate in a meaningful way? Um, but but how do I how do we navigate it? I don't know. I try to strap in. I try to read a lot, learn a lot about what's going on. Back to those interns, which I've referenced uh, previously. I think that a lot of that ever you know these are girls that um, are very socially active, that have huge TikTok followings, and they didn't grow up with the radio. Again, they grew up with earbuds and and they grew up with YouTube and things like that. And so to have their perspective. And I hope if they listen to this podcast, they say, yes, Randy, we, we do think radio is cool again. Because they told me, hey, we think radio is cool. So how, I think- did they, how did they respond? Like you throw them on the air the first day, not the first day, but how did they respond to dipping into radio like this on a fairly regular basis and having these experiences? I think that I look, I, I don't want to speak for them, but I think they both had a really positive experience. At least I hope that they did. And I, it seemed that they did. Um, I think that they got a unique perspective about what radio is. And I think it gave me unique perspective about how they think about the medium and how they think about how they consume content and about what they think about the artists. I mean, I the first day was really kind of an onboarding get to know you process. And I think that there were several times during that first day that I probably sat stunned thinking they don't know who this person is and they don't know who this person is. And Oh, hello. Because we're so close to it that their lives are very different. They grew up on social media. So look, I, I think to answer the question, I mean, how do, how do we all best ride the ever-changing waves of radio today? It's like, learn, 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 be a student of this business and try to talk to as many people as you can about a lot of different things. We are all attending the Randy West School of Broadcasting in the 21st century. And that brings us to our next question, which is interesting because you kind of dipped into it with the girls who were your interns. Tell me your view of your view of social media and digital today. And how active are you in one or both? Well, look, I don't think there's nothing is more important right now. The share of eyes is going to social media and digital and on demand podcasting. And I mean, pick a piece, any piece. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, my, my view of social media is it's just another extension of our brands. Yes. Um, it's, it's another platform for us to be seen or our product to be seen. And I think how you use it is is really crucially important. Mm-hmm. Um I look, I'm super active. I mean, I try to be as active as I can be, but I have, you know, jobs and responsibilities, but I I try to maintain all of our, um, all of my own personal pages. And and I think that, you know, like we mentioned about the, the interns, you know, they taught me a lot about social media and about TikTok and about vertical video and about how they consume products. And I think the big word of really 
2022 and 2023, maybe even back to 2020 was convenience. If it's not easy, they don't want to do it. And so. No, they're not going to do it. Exactly. And so social media and digital, I think when I think of those things, I think of convenient. It's convenient to see where your friends are, what's happening. It's convenient to see it's handed to you. It's like asking someone, well, do you want a ham sandwich or is it someone saying, here's a ham sandwich? Well, yeah, you're going to take the ham sandwich if it's right in front of you. And I think that's what a lot of social media is and digital. You know, you know, I'm really proud of what we've done here in West Palm digitally. I think Mm -hmm. it was was one of the things I really wanted to focus on when I got here in 2020. And we've been, I think, very successful at um, at increasing our awareness on social and digital um, and that was pretty, you know, very strategically done. I mean, we, these are free platforms that we can market our brands and uh, we've tried to use them effectively. Please do share with us, everyone, how about your podcast? Trust me, <laughs> we all want to know all the details. Don't hold back. Well, it's not a podcast. It's a palm cast. Oh, <laughs> so it's the Sandals Palm Cast. Uh, actually, that was a project that I started on prior to the pandemic and the the pandemic obviously changed the way we do everything. And I have uh, been friends with the sandals folks for a very long time. I've done many, many broadcasts for them. And it was, it kind of happened in a conversation where we talked about um, people constantly asking me about sandals. I would go to sandals. I would post my pictures. I would uh, go on social media and I kind of became this sandals savant and people were saying, what's the best resort? Where should we go? Uh, you know, what should I pack? What time of the year should I go? There were all these questions. And mm. so it kind of came up in that conversation of, Hey, you know, you should really have a podcast that are the conversations about the people who work at these resorts. I've met so many interesting people with interesting stories. And, um, I just think that brand is just, it's just incredible what they do. And so I was thrilled that they asked me to help out with it. I initially it was just going to be the, the, the intro and outro kind of the imaging person. And then yeah. I've taken on a few of the episodes we've had guest um, hosts, uh, Carla Marie and Anthony have done some uh, guest hosting for us and many, many other personalities across the country. Uh, they do broadcast regularly. Sandals believes in radio. That's the other thing I love about sandals. Um, they know the effectiveness of what radio can bring to the table for them. So right. That's a little bit about my my palm cast, but I, I I just adore them. And it's been a really fun passion project for me to help them kind of bring it along so we can tell the stories about the people and about the resorts. So what you're learning here is if you need to know something about sandals, I, I think we know. Uh, we know where you got to go. I'll, I'll tell you everything. That's you need right. To know. Rand, Randy West has got your back. So or you listen, just listen to the Sandals Palmcast and then you'll, uh, right. You'll, Hello. You'll know all about it. Talk about a shout out. Now, listen, your life changed a lot after Tampa. You became an East Coast programmer here in Florida. WRMF. Tell us all about it. What a great radio station. Um, it, it just, it, it is truly a special, special uh, place. I knew a little bit about WRMF before I came um, to the East Coast, but I'll, I'll tell you, it, even what I knew on paper or even what I had known from the history and the lineage of this radio station, I, I, I still don't think I knew enough to know that it was going to be as special as it is. Um, right. it, it truly is a, a huge signal. Um, Many people don't know WRMF is Richard M. Fairbanks. That's where WRMF comes from. 
And uh, it's just got a long, rich history, um, uh, heritage, hot AC radio station in the marketplace, uh, ratings dominant, uh, wonderful morning show in the KVJ show, um, and just wonderful, wonderful people. It, 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 East Coast and West Coast is a little different, though. I am learning those nuances and differences. Yeah. Um, you know, I would definitely say programming in Tampa, that's definitely Midwest. And definitely this coast is very New York and New Jersey. So I think there are some some telltale differences in the um, in the consumer. Uh, but I but I think when you get into the Florida lifestyle, um, some of it is all kind of the same. But WRMF has been a, a great experience for me, a special experience and um, truly blessed to work for Hubbard. So listen, I'm going to drill down for just a second, just a little bit more here. Uh, that radio station. OK, uh, yep. let's talk about making the, your effort to make that radio station special today in, in the world of all these listener distractions. We talked about this. When listeners find new things, they don't go, oh, these people are terrible. They go, oh, more for me, Spotify, YouTube, satellite radio, all the social media that we talked about, right? All the different distractions. There's a new social media all the time. Like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Now you got TikTok and, you know, it just goes on and on. How do you focus your efforts to make WRMF really special in in that distracted world? Content is king. Content is king. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. You know, when you have sticky content, look, anybody can play music and anybody can, you know, Spotify, YouTube, uh, satellite radio. They all we're all music for the most part, music products, unless it's spoken word. But the truth is, is that it is what is between the records and the personalities that make all of the difference in the world. Um, And I think that our content is unique. Our personalities are invested and we offer a product that you can't get anywhere else. And then you get product extensions of that on social media, on TikTok. And part of that is, you know, we always said that the, you know, the shows were on from mornings from six to 10, but now the, the show is always on. Uh, once that, that mm. show is over, then you're on TikTok or you're on your own social media and people want to see um, what you're doing. And I think there are a lot of distractions, but I do think making WRMF different and special is, um, it's a challenge. It, 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 we, we look for the best content creators. We um, search under rocks for the best people that that are sticky and people want to know more about and are interesting and lightning bolt characters. And I mean, pick a phrase, any phrase, but I think those are the difference. That's what makes radio, uh, any radio station special today is the personalities. And I think that local, local, local wins every single time. Um, I love going and sometimes, sometimes I go to Walmart and guess what? I want to use the, uh, the automated, um, check out. I don't want to deal with people. Maybe I'm in a bad mood, but more often, <laughs> more, more often than not though, I want to talk to that person. And I want to, and the, you know, it, for those of you who aren't from Florida, Publix is very good at this public yes. you go into a Publix and they say, how's your day? And they're talking to you and they're invested in you. They offer to help you out to your car. If you're doing an automated checkout, none of that exists. And yes, it's convenient, but it's not that human connection that we're all looking for. And really, that's what social media is. Everyone wants to feel like they're connected to someone. That's right. And I think we can all say that going to Walmart is an experience, but it's not the same kind of experience as something local. And by that, I really mean this is a great dichotomy when you look at Walmart and then you look at Publix. Publix is an experience. 
They purposefully create experiences for their customers and it's experience first. And if I'm gathering anything from what you're saying with your on-air personalities, you try to help them create the best experiences for your, for the Florida lifestyle. A hundred percent. And look, that already existed. The KVJ show, our morning show, Heritage Morning Show in the Marketplace they are tremendous. All of them are u- unique, have unique perspectives. They all live unique lives. And it's like it, people can can relate to that. People understand that. People understand what's going on in someone else's life. It, it gives you a sense of normalcy that maybe all these crazy things that are happening in my life happen to other people. And mm. it's just a, it's just a human connection that we all crave and it's local. And it's just it's not something that can be replicated. All the social media, all the technology, everybody's got one of these devices in their fingertip, at their fingertips, in their hand, and we're more disconnected than we've ever been, which means all of these consumers, these listeners, they crave that connection. And now as radio, we have all these extension products that allow us to let them know us and get to know us and come closer to us. Let's let's go to the Super Bowl. Final question, final jeopardy, whatever you want to say. Uh, Look, you should just know this in advance. We ask each one of our guests, or we certainly try to, we ask them this one question because everybody thinks they know the future and nobody knows the future. We all want to speculate about it, talk about it. Oh my God, what's coming? What's going to happen next? Life changes all the time. How do you see the future? and the future of radio? It's a great question. If we had a crystal ball, boy, we could, uh, and everyone does, you're right, think that they know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. If I were if I were predicting what's going to happen in the future, I think one of the unique things about radio right now is that it's a free platform. And right now, there are so many subscription services. Every time I turn around, it's Hulu, it's Netflix, it's this, it's Disney Plus, it's, hey, I'm subscribed to this. I'm uh you know, I'm subscribing to all of these different subscription things. And so I wonder if the future is going to be some sort of pay scale for um, certain content. I, I wonder if that's what the future looks like for our business. I don't know that. It seems like a lot of industries are going that way. I'm seeing restaurants now with memberships where you get special perks because you're a member. Um mm. And maybe that's a fad and not a trend. I don't know. But maybe it's also a trend of the future. Um, it's hard to really say. But I do think the future of radio is alive and well. More people than ever use our products. Um, I do think our, our 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 products are different than what all those other products are. Um, yes. They're, they're, it's just a unique thing that radio can't be replicated. Yes, I can scroll TikTok all night long and see content creators and see, but I can't tune in and and have an emotion about something during my workday or in the car and feel like someone's there with me. I can't have no relationship with no TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's more voyeuristic than it is a relationship. But I mean, look, if we knew how radio was going to be in the future, um, we would certainly do it. I think a lot of innovation is on the way. I think podcasting is super important and on-demand content and making sure that your content's easily accessible to people. If it isn't um, easy, they won't do it. They don't that's, care. That's exactly right. And I think beyond that, you know, they talk about podcasting for younger audiences and I'll reference those, those interns again. Uh, I, I, they don't really consume a lot of podcasts. So it was interesting to hear that perspective, but once they saw mm-hmm. the really the behind the curtain of what we do in radio, 
they got excited about it. So I think a lot of the future of what we need to do for radio to sustain our future is educating people about our business. I think we need to tell our story. And we I think radio- need to go paint their faces Correct. with the breathlessness of radio. I don't think we tell radio specifically doesn't tell the story about our story good enough. I, I think we need to pound our chest more about the medium and about that it is something unique and different. And I think we do that every day on the air that we're unique and that we're different and we're special and we're sticky and you can't get this anywhere else. But I do think as an industry, um, we need to innovate and make sure we we um, we forge ahead to make sure that our, our, our industry is strong in the future. Well, Randy, you've seen this a lot. You know this is true around the country. You've seen that a lot of radios have been homogenized. Okay. This conversation that you and I had a little bit before about the other Randy and back during that time when I talk about painting the wagon red or whatever and rolling through town, I mean, that's letting people experience radio that jumps off out of the radio at you. That's an experience like the Pied Piper. Come on, we're going to go have a good time. Yeah, well, look, I mean, as I said, back in the day, I did 18 shows uh, you know, a day and was in all of those markets. And I don't think that, you know, being being in that market, I look, I have uh, friends in Des Moines, Iowa, is on that market for 20 years and I never yeah. lived there once. But I, but I will tell you that good personalities, when they exist and they their content is good and it's sticky, it doesn't matter. That's geography. And especially since the pandemic, I think that that has really expanded that because so many people will now work remotely and yep. we're a global universe and things like that. But your and content think, doesn't change. Your content correct, has to be correct. either great or not good. Correct. Correct. If it's and not I, good, it doesn't matter if you're local. I, I think we're plugging and playing and we probably need to... Um, we, we need to, you know, be be very selective about our content creators and about have the best of the best. And that's what we try to do here every single day. No question in my mind that if one of us rolls up on West Palm Beach, uh, WRMF should be our first stop. Thank you, Randy, for for just spending this time with us. We're so fortunate to get a little bit of your time on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Lloyd. It's been a pleasure. Listen, we do hope that if you listen to this podcast, that you're going to have a great week. We designed this to be something special for you, to pump you up about radio, because it's what we believe in, it's what we're passionate about. And we hope that you'll grab some of that from us. Uh, drop back into our podcast, listen to anything in our archive. If you need a little pump me up to your week, we'd like to say at Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works and on the radio rally, once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. If you have any question about what the heck that means, please, by all means, reach out. I'd love to share that with you. Our thanks to Randy West for being our patient and giving guests a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available in the next hour or sooner even. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share our podcast with others that you know in radio and people that are interested in what is going on in radio. The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, share that with others that you know 
would like to be a part of this kind of event. Get fresh episodes every single week and our large archive, which continues to grow. You can do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just subscribe on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere that you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything else that you hear on one of our podcast episodes, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. And of course, good night.